0: Welcome back to the Bridge Podcast. I'm super grateful you're here listening. As always, it means a lot that you listen to something that we put a lot of time and effort into. I appreciate you guys. And uh, we're going to get right into it. It's episode 122. Um, we have a special guest. I'm going to say the quote of the day. And it's something that's been on my, my mind lately. And I think it'll, it'll definitely show up later in this pod with our guest, is just to do more hard things. Um, whatever that may be. And our guest today is Mark Dudek. And uh, Mark, you want to introduce yourself? I appreciate you for uh, coming on the show today.
1: Yeah, first of all, I just want to thank Sam and, and you, Ryan, or Gabe, sorry, it says Ryan. Good. I want to thank you guys for having me on. I'm really excited just to chat with you, share my story. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know what who what my proper introduction is for myself I'm just uh, I guess I do like endurance Mm. feats and stuff but I don't know other than that I'm just a normal guy living yeah you want to talk a little bit about what
0: got you into wanting to like walk across America do the endurance stuff were you doing endurance stuff beforehand how did that all um, go down
1: yeah so I mean I've always been the type of person to enjoy doing hard things, hard tasks, like all the way even back in in high school, I used to do like these food challenges. Like, you you know, you go to a restaurant, if you can eat like four pounds of food in like half an hour, you get the meal for free. So just dating back to then, I always like just like pushing to the limit, seeing what I could do. Um, And fast forward to, I think it was my junior year of college, my third year. Um, there's a song, singer-songwriter, Mike Posner. I yeah. um, Saw him walking across the country, and you know, I I saw it. and I was like, dang, that's a really cool thing. Um, I'd love to do something like that one day. But you know, you get you get thoughts like that all the time. Like, oh, I need to do. But for some reason, the thought just stayed in my mind months and months. And I kept following along his journey. And then one night I was literally just laying in my bed and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it a try. And from that was probably like a year before I started literally at that moment, made the decision um, and never went back from it. Mm. Did, how did you,
0: how did you train for um, something like that?
1: So, I was just running a lot, and then about like a month and a half before, I actually got like a stress fracture because I, I might have been overtraining. And uh, so, most the mostly, I went in fresh. the The road whips you into shape real quick. I will say that. And from a lot of other walkers I've talked to, it's they're the same way. You can't really, unless you have like six eight hours of your day free to walk. You're not gonna get used to used to it, but you're actually doing it. Hmm.
2: Gotcha. How long did it take total uh, from start to finish?
1: It was about four months, like around 120 days, I think. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice.
2: When you were when you were doing it, was it headphones or no headphones? Or or did you kind of go back and forth? What was kind of like your process with that? I'm curious. Yeah. So
1: and i i brought headphones and i didn't didn't end up using them as much as i thought i would um i took like a lot of the day i would just kind of reflect on stuff like just general thoughts like why i was doing this and a lot of people would stop to talk to me along the way so i mean never really some some portions were a little more barren than others and we can get into that but um i there were certain stretches where i did use headphones but i don't know probably like average maybe like an hour or two a day Mm. with music or podcasts and then the rest would just kind of be in my thoughts kind of just reflecting Mm. when you when you got to those points like from
0: doing hard things i know you your mind always wants to like trick you into think like you get all these overthinking thoughts and then you're like why the fuck am i doing this you know like how did you combat that? And what did you do to like, push yourself through to realize, but it's also not like something where you're like, Oh, all right, I only have an hour left of this, right? I mean, you had four months of it. And I imagine you had a lot of those thoughts. How
1: did you get through it? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And it was something that was actually really tough for me. So I kind of developed the mantra just take one, one day at a time, you know, it's, it's a cheesy thing, but literally like, I remember like first, first few weeks of the journey, I'd get done with my walk, walk for the day, like sit in my tent, kind of look at the map, plan things out. And I would look, look at my like location on Google maps and and it would be so far to the Pacific ocean. Like it didn't look like I even made a dent in it and that would just be so discouraging. So, Mm -hmm at that point I was like, all right, look, look, if I just look at, okay, tomorrow I have to walk 20 miles. That's all I have. Instead of looking at the bigger picture. Okay. I have two, 2000 miles left. If I did that, I probably would have had to quit. You know, um, the journey was more, I would say like 95% mental, the the physical aspect of it, like your body adapts after the first two weeks after that is just kind of being able to tolerate, um, all those negative thoughts that pop in your head and just wash them out
2: mm. was there a specific moment where you came like really really like realistically close to just throwing in the towel that you can recall or was it mo- mostly just kind of like normal suck throughout the day you were able to push through
1: yeah i mean i i told myself i no matter what i wasn't gonna quit doing it i mean there there is a lot of suck that i had to push through but i knew like when i i i'm i'm pretty stubborn so when i set my mind on doing something i'm gonna find a way to do it even if i had to like crawl up and you know it's uh, my mind's wired in a funny way gotcha what did uh like
0: i know when when doing crazy things like i did a, a 20 mile ruck the other day cool. and for me that was that was kind of out there because i don't really do endurance stuff i'm i'm a bigger boy um but what was the reactions of your family your friends when you first set out you're like i'm gonna walk across america what was their reactions
1: well my family my family was like worried they're like Oh, i don't know about that it's, it's dangerous and then also it was kind of right in the middle of covid too so they're like i like how, how is that going to work out, especially with stuff being locked down? Uh, my friends, though, were all like my family is super supportive, too, but they're more like worried about because they didn't want anything bad to happen. My friends are all super supportive. And honestly, they kept me going along along the way, like just them texting, calling to check in on me. That kept kept me so, so much more mentally sane all throughout the, the walk. Were you walking every day? Pretty much. Yeah. I had, I took every now and then I took like a zero day where I just kind of chilled out somewhere, but for the most part, I was my routine would literally be wake up, walk, eat some food, go to bed. And, and I love the simplicity of, of like, like endurance things like that. Like this past month, I did a, a, a long bike journey and same deal like you you just get in that routine and everything else all like the external worries of your life are kind of just gone for the time being you don't all you have to worry about is getting up moving your body getting to the next destination
2: Hmm. what um what was your athletic background previously like playing sports were you really invested in any of that
1: yeah i mean i i feel like i've always been a pretty fit person In high school, I played uh, basketball and ran track and cross country.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: Gotcha.
0: When you were on your your bike ride, so you biked to Florida, right? Yes, sir.
1: Yeah. Ohio. Yeah. From Cleveland to to Miami, yeah.
0: I remember talking to uh, Elena and Corey, and they would say they would go to the gym and you'd be on the stationary bike, like already drenched in sweat when they got there. And by the time, like an hour, hour and a half later, when they were leaving, you were still on the bike, drenched in sweat, and then they left and you were still there. (laughs) How did you get through training for that endurance event when it's like the monotonous of just like getting on the bike every day, training for, I don't know how many hours you biked. How did you get through that?
1: Man, it was, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, it was pretty brutal. Uh, Luckily, so I did that with, with my good friend, John and we would just hop on this cause it, it was the middle of winter when we were training. So just riding outside was absolutely miserable. So yeah. Like, all right, just before class, we'll hop on the stationary bike and just bust out a workout on there. We luckily like we found some YouTube videos you follow along it's kind of like sprints and stuff. It keeps, it keeps you, it keeps the time moving quicker when you're doing like, like intervals and, and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, it, uh, Honestly, it wasn't fun. <laughs> I'd rather be out riding on the trail than on the stationary bike any day. It's so it's so monotonous anyway you spin it.
0: And then, how long was was your guys's journey
2: to Miami? It ended
1: up being eight eighteen days, I think.
2: Yeah. Mm. There you go. Uh, how did you celebrate after you finished it?
1: Uh. We jumped in we jumped in the ocean first, swam a little bit, and then just kinda we I think the Miami Heat, they had a game that night. So mm. we just kinda went downtown and uh grabbed some food and drinks and watched right. the game at a bar. It was pretty fun.
0: Yeah. When you were at the bar like sitting down, did you ever like nudge the person next to you like start a conversation they're like oh what are you doing in Miami and you're just like yeah me and my buddy just biked from Ohio like did that ever happen or no 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 it didn't come up <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely would have made it made that come up somehow some way just because no I
1: I, I I agree I don't know I'm kind of like shy with stuff like that I just mm.
2: bring Gabe with you next time dude can start a conversation with anyone
1: it's true i know it's true
2: i'm more of the i'm more introverted more shy like c- scenarios like that too but every time i go somewhere with gabe it's like i meet like 10 different people in <laughs> 15 minutes and like having full-blown conversations i'm like jeez i gotta i gotta slow down I'm talking too much yeah
1: gabe, yeah gabe you seem like the type of guy that can just like, kind of strike up a conversation with anyone
0: yep and i will i always do that's what i love um when I now a uh, funny story, I I'd always go on walks in a certain place in the metro parks and I'd always leave my phone in the car. And that's where I did my 20 mile ruck, like going up a hill, walking a flat then down a trail, then back up the trail, walk the flat. And uh, I started at five in the morning and I was around. It was like three or four p.m. And this older guy, Bill, I got to know him he just came up to me and started talking to me. And so then I finished my rock and he was sitting on a bench and like, you could tell he was like sitting, like leaving space for someone to sit next to him. And I was like, I walked by and he's like, come on, like, sit down. Next thing, you know, he was telling me his life story. You know, he's, he's 80 years old. He walks like four to five miles a day and he's a a real estate agent. And he just started telling me his life story. And now it's like, I think when you're when you're open enough to those people's stories and listening to them, you can connect with some some really cool people and learn some things that you'd never expect. And sometimes like things that you can't read from a book, you know? And so I think it's crazy how those connections work. And he gave me um a lot of wisdom that I didn't think I needed that day. But um it was a cool experience.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think I think like a lot of success in life is achieved just through talking to people and striking up conversations and a lot of like life wisdom and knowledge is gained that way too. Like, like you were saying, like, there's only so much you can read about in a book, but talking to people, getting to know them and that, you, you'll retain so much more than like otherwise.
2: I, I totally, totally agree. Echoing kind of off that, Um, Gabe and I talk a lot about the ROR, so return on relationships. um, And, you know, kind of like the return on investment type deal there. But I mean, it's the same thing, like striking conversations, you start to develop a relationship with people. And all it takes is meeting one person to change the rest of your life, you know.
0: I think also, um, with the book thing, you realize that uh, you can read all these books, you can read David Goggins, you could read all these crazy dudes. But until you put yourself out there and like, try it yourself, you're, you're just like an outsider looking in, right? It's like, you got to test it on yourself, you got to do the experiment on yourself. And uh, that's what I realized after doing like, these hard things like that ruck, or when Sam and I did calendar club where you like ran every day for a month, you know, we didn't do the full blown calendar club. We divided it by three. We're not endurance athletes, but, um, every day we like ran miles, you know? And I think that that was a cool experience that I gained a lot of wisdom, not just like the physical gain from it, but like the mental clarity, um, the mental clarity from it. And yeah, it was just, a uh, an experience that I wouldn't have gained if I just like sat back and read the books or something like that.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, just by, just by getting up and doing hard stuff, it, it takes you to a place that you can't get to the written word or even, even videos, those mental experiences, pushing through the pain, pushing through the discomfort, pushing through the struggle just prepares you, for any challenge you'll, you'll face in life. I think that's, I think that's the best way to grow.
0: Mm. How do you put yourself
1: through? So
0: obviously you have these big feats of discomfort. How do you put yourself through daily discomfort for like the practice for those big things that you do?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I guess, I guess just training and then I, I, I try to do like a lot of just like small little challenges every now and then. Like Mm. my buddy, Joel, uh, did like a 24 hour walk. We just just Mm. 24 hours. And that was actually, that was really hard. Um, and then the other, like, once I finished the bike, I just kind of set out and I was like, all right, I'm going to see how far I can go. Yeah. Um, and then just like various workouts, just push, pushing yourself to the limit. Um, testing your mental capabilities um i think i think that's the only way to prepare yourself and then at the same time you, you really can't prepare yourself fully like you don't know what you're going to encounter out there like when i when i was in texas it was that i don't know if you remember um but it was like they had these crazy winter storms like it was when all, like yeah. everything was out of power Obviously, yeah, yeah, I, didn't I heard prepare it. myself for that. I didn't pack very, very warm clothes and um, but yeah. Some some stuff you, you won't be ready for, but you can you can try your best to get ready. Mm.
0: How does um how do these hard things propel you forward in things besides, you know, training, working out, like what you want to do in your life? Um, so you're you're in PT school, right?
1: Yeah what's your what's your goal with that
0: um I mean
1: the reason I got into physical therapy in the first place is just to um i'm obviously i like i like fitness I like just health related yeah. stuff um but I just want to be able to help people so at first I was in engineering um and i like it was okay I did a few co-ops and internships and I was like, okay, I, I don't think this is for me because I'm just not getting that human interaction on a day-to-day basis. I'm mm. just crunching numbers on the computer, staring at a screen all day. So I kind of switched to something where I'd be interacting with people and directly helping them. Um, and I think I guess tying it back to these these challenges and and that um, they kind of propel me forward. They serve as, like, they serve as, like, a springboard. So going to Texas, like, you, you do these journeys, not necessarily for, like, the feeling at the end or the self-satisfaction, but the struggle you face in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just that struggle serves as, like, a catalyst to unlocking your life's full potential. And, um, like, it can serve as proof to myself that I can face any obstacle whether it be like an unexpected death of a family member or something in the workplace, um, I can rebound from that and and keep going forward. Mm, I love that.
0: And I think it's so important to, to put yourself in positions to struggle. And when I did my, my ruck, um, I did like no headphones, put my phone on airplane mode. And, uh, it was like, it was about a mile loop and it was like some two, two steep hills. Right. And then I would, I camped out, like I sat next to my car. I brought a chair from my porch and I just sat there and uh, I kind of did it like um, every, every 10, no, every 20 minutes make a loop. So it'd take me like 10 minutes to do it. And then I'd have like nine, 10 minutes of rest sitting there. But I really wanted to incorporate the rest in there to sit there and like sit next to my car and realize that at any moment I could just say, like, see, it was just me out there, you know, at five in the morning, it's pitch black. But just to have that, that struggle mentally where it's like, I could just give up right now. Nobody would know. And I could just go back to my bed, you know? And I think that in those situations, I tapped into something where I realized like, yo, I can do a lot more harder things than, than my mind thinks I can. And that shows up later in my life, like in my life experiences, like you mentioned, whether something unexpected happens, I can rely on my, my training and practice, but also putting, pushing myself to try these uncomfortable feats, whether it's like writing a book
1: or things like that. So that's all. Gay man, you have a lot of wisdom. You have a lot of I- and I appreciate and that. Just the way you talk is very calming. I like it. I Thank know, you. How long did that take you though? The, the ruck. So I started at five in the
0: morning. I couldn't sleep the night before. So I got like yeah. three hours, three, four hours of sleep. I was like so, I was like excited, nervous. I also put in like when I use social media, I like to use social media as like an accountability partner kind of. So the night before I posted that. I was going to hit a gut check, like a gut check workout tomorrow morning, 5 a.m. Like no headphones, no nothing. And it's like, I'll update you guys later. And so I started at 5 a.m. and I tapped out at like 4 (laughs) p.m. And it was, I don't know how many like feet, like the elevation gain was around like 4,000 feet through it. So it was like, yeah, it was intense and then it was about yeah 20 miles and 11, 11 hours of work i brought a cooler with me this time which was smart um i did uh a hell on the hill i don't know if you've heard of that before it's like where you go up and down i did it on the same hill a hundred times but <laughs> that one like that one i wasn't as prepared, I didn't bring a cooler with me or anything. I had probably two water bottles and like a protein bar. Yeah. But my thing was I didn't when I went up there, I went to the hill, I did a, a few laps up and down. And I was like, shit, I'm about to do a hundred. And then I was like, I'm already here, you know? And so I'd walk power walk up the hill and then light jog on the way down. And I did that a hundred times. That was super cool too. Just uh like you yourself in a hill a hundred times i'm gonna have to try that one yeah
1: dude especially in cincinnati there's so many hills around here so just literally just walk up and down my street outside a hundred times it's real steep you're giving ideas man i like this
0: (laughs) yeah and i think um i think a lot of people overcomplicate things too when they want to do these um different workouts or something or you think you need this and that but it's like honestly, if you just go outside, you can find a hill, find, you know, a few weights. And it's just like, pick up weights a hundred times and put them down, do this. And I think what it does for you physically is great, but what it does for you mentally, it's like, you can't, you can't get that from anything else other than you just doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that. I I agree with that a hundred percent. Like so many people overcomplicate especially like going on big trips like oh i need all this gear i need um to do all this preparation i mean to some extent you do you, but mm-hmm. i think a lot of the fun comes from just going in raw unprepared yeah
0: when so earlier you mentioned how when you had the first initial thought of like walking across america it was about a year out right
1: yeah around there yeah
0: Okay, so how did you – um, like, I know before I'm going to do something, it, something difficult, it's usually not that far out. How did you deal with, like, that constant battle of, like, you're a year out? Did you have nights, like, waking up where you're like, like oh, shit, like, am I really going to do this? Did you have any of
1: that beforehand? Honestly, not really I- – I was, I was full go. I was going to do it no matter what. Like, like I said, I'm stuttering. So once I made that decision mentally flip the switch in my head, all systems go. And I probably mm-hmm. earlier, I was in school, so I couldn't, I couldn't have started. I, I took summer classes so I could graduate a semester early. And then I did the walk in the winter right before PT school started. So.
0: Dude, I love it. I'm getting the goosebumps right now. I, f- I feel that though, like you can ask anybody in my, in my circle, I'm a stubborn person too. Like once I put something on my mind, it's like, even when I was a kid, all right, I couldn't do a left-handed layup. It was like, all right, I was yeah. going to sit there for hours, left-hand layups, a funny, um, funny story. I used to, we used to go to my cousins and brothers basketball games when I was really young before I was on a team and I remember one day I showed my dad that I could dribble up and down the court with my right hand. And he goes, all right, well, like, how about your left hand? And ever since that moment, I dribbled with my left hand. And, uh, after I don't know how many years I was in fifth or sixth grade, it's like, I preferred dribbling with my left hand versus my right, even though I was a righty, you know? Um, but it was things like that where it's like that stubborn mindset that, I'm going to do this, whether, you know, a thousand people support me, nobody supports me. If you, you know, I'm going to do it once I put my mind to it is a, it's a super powerful thing to have, but it also can bite you in the butt sometimes when you're I was going to say, yeah,
1: yeah. It's a blessing and a curse depending on, on the way you spin it. But yeah. Right.
0: Cause one, the, it's the double edged sword where it's like sometimes when you put your mind to something and then you realize you gotta take a different route is when you get in the scenario where you're like, all right, I gotta pull back, I gotta take three steps backwards to take four steps forward is something that's super powerful,
1: yeah, that's something actually something with my walk and i um I didn't really notice it as much until the last month or so. It was so bullheaded like go 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 I wasn't stopping to appreciate everything as I went through like I mean you're you're walking at like three miles per hour you're gonna see everything
0: yeah
1: but like I don't know I just in my mind I didn't set aside the time to appreciate it and just go with the flow I was like tomorrow I got I gotta get to here the next day I gotta get to here like let's do this keep going keep going and I mean while it's good um I wasn't enjoying it as much, but really the the last month had a few things that that changed and made me kind of open up my eyes to stepping back and smelling the flowers. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think
0: a lot of people go through, including myself, as we go through these small events or even big events that are life-changing, but we we don't allow the time and space for reflection. Of those events of meeting those people to fully allow for like the the realization of how impactful it is
1: to your life yeah agreed and i'm i'm guilty of that a lot i don't really i i need to do that more i need to reflect on these these big life-changing events and because like I, once i got done with the walk i kind of did a lot of reflecting writing down stuff journaling and just kind of how my mindset has shifted on my own life, America in general, and like what I was going to change with myself, what I learned. And I think, I mean, I, I haven't reverted back to my old ways, but I need, mm-hmm. I, I should be checking up more on what I wrote, like post-walk and like remind myself of the things I, I learned during that time period
0: what were some of those things that you wanted to change about yourself or that you wanted to work on more after this feat that you accomplished
1: the number one thing for me was just going out of my way to help to help others so mm. the the number one lesson i learned while walking was just how generous the majority of people in america are like they I mean, I have hundreds of stories of people that went out of their way to help me make sure, gave me food, gave me water, gave me money. Like during that snowstorm in Texas, there is one day probably like 30, 40 people stopped to offer me rides, like see if I was just good, like while I was walking on the side of the road. Um, like, yeah, so, so many circumstances like that. And I was like, okay, like, what am I doing with myself that I can't? Get like buy a homeless man a meal, you know why? Why can't I do that? Hundreds and hundreds of people did it to me, and I'm not even, you know. Um. So yeah, that was that was the number one thing I really took away from it, and I I, I think I have been doing better with it, but there's times when I I, I forget. That's um,
0: that's super deep for me. I think during high school, we did a lot of service. And I remember, um, there's, it's called labra ministry and it's every Wednesday or Thursday night, they would go around Cleveland and give out meals to people who are experiencing homelessness, like meals. And they had kits with shaving cream, this and that. But what really hit me is how kind and loving these people were. And they had nothing Exactly. Literally, they had nothing and they had the, I don't know what you want to call it. Like, they would ask me how I was doing, how my day was, what I did in class today, like, what I want to do with my life. I'm sitting there, like, if this person who has nothing has this much joy and happiness and is curious about my story, what am I sitting here complaining about my own life? What am I sitting here where it's like, I'm blessed to have a roof over my head. I've, I know where my next meal is coming from. And it's like, we take these things so much for granted, but when we put ourselves through these experiences and realize like, Hey, at the end of our lives, if we're measured on joy and happiness, a lot of people who have a lot less than us are going to
1: beat us out. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's really a reality check when, when you are placed in, circumstances and have interactions like that. And it makes you it makes you think like, well, I have all this and I'm still stressing. I'm I'm still like ungrateful for things. Mm. It it makes you feel kind of crappy about yourself. But it does you can change it though. Mm. What are some ways that you're
0: trying to incorporate that in your life into your future as well? I know as a physical therapist you'll you'll help a lot of people, but is there things on the side that you want to do? I know that when you took these trips, you raised money as well, right? Mm -hmm. Do you want to stay in the charity work as well as you progress forward? I mean, I like doing that. Anytime I
1: have, I do some sort of challenge. I definitely want to use it to spark some good, to raise money for a certain cause. Um, when I was walking across the country, I, I raised money for like the autism society and, um, inner city Youth organization of Cincinnati and then this past bike ride um I was raising money for clean water for villages in Ghana and Nicaragua Mm. Um, but yeah that's something I want to continue and then just on a day-to-day basis like obviously just like helping homeless people or anyone that needs a hand like I I I haven't done I, I used to have like a bunch of like snacks in my car yeah to people but I haven't replenished them in a while so I'll admit I've I've been slacking and just in physical therapy it's just establishing like a genuine connection with people that you talk to like actually I try to like actually get to know someone instead of like all right what are you here for right oh, let me let me help okay bye like everyone's a person get to get to know them get to get to know what their life's like and I mean and just over overall, that's gonna help with treatment and and getting them back on track. so I think just mm. the interaction of it, going back to what we talked about earlier it's it's so important.
0: yeah, I think um after interviewing so many people with the work that they do, whether it's an NFL agent or you know a professional downhill skateboarder or whatever it may be, is that all of them put the human first, right? And that's something I kind of just made that realization that it doesn't matter like what you do, how much money you have. But most of these people that I see that have like the most joy and happiness is that they put the human first and other people and that's at the forefront of their mind not, all right, how do I, you know, give this person the, the treatment they need and then get them out of here, you know? They really care for, for the person more than just what's the, what's the least amount I can do for them to, to just get this thing done.
1: Yeah, agreed,
0: 100%. And I know that for me, once not once I get to that point, but when that opportunity shows up, Cause I know how kind people have been to me. I'm going to like triple the return on someone who needs my help. Cause it's crazy. The, the ripple effect of kindness and small things, but it's like, people have been so kind to me. It's like, I want to spread that, share that. And, uh, I think it goes a lot further than, than we can, we imagine and think.
1: Yeah. Kindness is key, baby.
0: Mm, absolutely. Mark, I want to be conscientious of your time. Um, one question we always ask is, if you could text yourself five years in the past, what would you say and why? And then if you ca- could text yourself five years in the future, what would you say and why? And take a few beats, too, before you answer. I like giving people some some time before the question. Yeah.
1: Okay, five, so I, five years ago, I text myself, don't take yourself so seriously, mm. and like, stop caring about what other people think. I think, I mean, I guess that I would still be in high school back then, but like, looking back on it, I was so self-conscious, and I mean, everyone is, everyone in their teenage years, but yeah. Like, I, I was talking to my, my friend about this the other day, like, going back to high school now would be so much more fun just, like, reliving it and not really caring as as yeah. much about anything, because nothing nothing really mattered back then. We thought everything, like, oh, I got a basketball game. It's the biggest game ever. No, it wasn't. Like, it's not going to affect your life at all two years down the road, five years down the road. So just have fun with everything. Mm. And then five years into the future, I text myself something along the lines of just, it would would be a simple message. It would just say, keep exploring because it's, so it would either be a positive message or it would be like, oh, dude, wake up because I could see myself five years down the road getting stuck in the rut of, Oh, I have a full-time job, you know, and, and doing that day to day. I don't, I don't want to get caught up in that. Like it's obviously it's good to have a full-time job, but you, you don't want to get stuck in that routine. Mm -hmm. And especially I think people, once they graduate from school, get a job, their life looks exactly the same for the next 20, 30 years of their life. So I don't want to, get stuck in that rut
0: Mm. I love those those answers and I think that that part that you said where you don't want to get stuck in you know the routine of things it's planning like planning adventures and being spontaneous I think that's something that's that's super underrated and a lot of people don't talk about even a day trip an overnight trip just like put yourself out there and uh, you never know what will come for the, from those things. And uh, yeah, nothing beats an adventure with, with some cool people.
1: Agreed. Uh, I don't know. I, I heard this on some other podcast. I don't remember what, which podcast, but someone said like, do something one day a year, do something hard one day a year that's gonna affect the other 364 days that year. So, for example, like your ruck or like a 24-hour walk. And I try to – something at least once a year, I think – and that's a good goal for everyone. It doesn't have to be like super-duper insane, but even like a 12-hour walk. Yeah. Something challenging that will help you learn something about yourself and that you can reflect on for the other 364 days of that year. Um, Mm. That's the way – that's a way I kind of myself from getting stuck in that rut. Yeah, I
0: know I've mentioned him a few times now, but he's got so much, so many good things. Is Jesse Itzer? He has this rule. Um, I think it was him. I think
1: it was him. I heard that.
2: from.
0: Yeah, it it's like every month or so, like take an adventure or something. Yep. But then you realize, like, if you do it every month, so I'm 20 years old. If I do something every month for the next you know, say I'm alive till I'm 80. That's so 60 times. That's like over a thousand adventures or something. When you, when yeah. I come to the end of my life, how freaking powerful is that? You know, by doing something once a month, you're creating these, these crazy stories, adventures. And at the end of your life, you'll be able to say that you, yourself out there and you're not sitting there wishing that you experienced more and that's the the thing that you see when people do these interviews with people in nursing homes or things like that all of them say things that they're regretful for you know they never say oh I wish I didn't ask out the girl you know oh I wish I didn't you know it's all that they they wish they would have done this or that or you know smelled the flowers like you said um And I think we can do that at a lot younger age and take control of that. And it's really not that difficult. You know, it's not something crazy where you gotta, you know, spend a year researching and finding background to figure it out, plan a trip and go, you know? Yeah.
1: So What one thing actually. So my, my buddy, Andrew, um, he just wrote a book. He, he was, walking across America to pretty, pretty much the same route as me. He kind of found me on, on Instagram and we chatted back and forth, but he just finished a book and the last like paragraph. um, It conveys that thought that we were just talking about, like do something with your life. Like, don't say, Oh, I'm going to do that. And then regret it down the road. He, he put it into such good words like that. I, I could never, like, I wanted, I wanted to say that myself, but I just couldn't think of the right way. Do you, yeah. do you want to read some of that for you? Yeah, no, go ahead. It, it is, it's money. So he said, I think almost everyone has that one thing they really want to do. Oftentimes, that one thing becomes a someday thing. I think someday things are really dangerous because they commonly get pushed further and further back until they simply never happen. I met quite a few people along my walk that told me they'd always wanted to do something like that. And same thing with me. Um, I heard a whole slew of reasons as to why it hadn't happened yet. priorities that can get in the way of goals, significant others, kids, finances, health. But I firmly believe there will always be a reason not to do whatever that thing is that you want to do. Um, no one's crossing items off their bucket list without sacrificing something else Um, within reason like he says he'd encourage anyone reading this or listening to this to do that one thing that they've been putting off no matter what sacrifices you have to make and Mm. that's that puts it into better words than i can ever ever think of or say so i got the goosebumps that's
0: that's everything and it's like i think the power of you already know what that one thing is you know mark's one thing is different from mine sam's one thing is different but it's like that one thing was put in you for a reason and your story is meant to be shared with that one thing and your voice matters i think um we get so caught up in trying to be him or her trying to, to be someone else when it's like your gift to the world is unique and precious to who you are. And that's how you give the world what it needs. Right. And something I, I talked about when I, when I gave my Ted talk about two months ago, is like the world is this huge puzzle piece, but the only way you can give, it, what it needs is for you to be you and to pursue the things that you want to do. Not trying to be, you know, this person or that person. It's by being you and doing that one thing. Wow.
1: Like I said, Gabe, you have a lot of wisdom. That's for someone, for someone our age and or how old, how old are you? 20. Jeez, man. Yeah you carry yourself in, in a great demeanor and it's awesome. I need to relax and calm my thoughts the way, the way you do. I appreciate that,
0: that it means a lot. And, um, I say it all the time. Like when people support me and stuff, it, uh, it really does mean a lot. Cause even though I I put myself out there a lot, it's like, I get those negative thoughts about like, uh, who wants to listen to a podcast with, you know, a kid who's just going through college, like, who am I to do this? Right. But it's like, I get those constant reminders from, from God, like those people who say like, Hey, what you're doing is, is meaningful. And I think that it also gives me a calling to let other people know that, Hey, what you're doing is meaningful as well. Like when, when I heard about you walking across America, like right away, I connected, I was like, I felt on a deeper level. I was like, all right, this guy's got something that I want to be around that I want to hear about that. I want to pick his brain to know like why he did these things. And I think that's so exciting. And I think that like right away, I was like, all right, this guy, me and this guy are going to be friends because he did something like that. And I'm going to now going forward, it's like, I'm part of your support system as well. When yeah. you have that next crazy feat, I'm going to be like, hell yeah. Or I'm going to be like, hell yeah. Or I'm going to be like, hell yeah. Like I'm in too. like, let's do it. Yes. You know? so- I love it, Gabe. Yes. Have you ever thought of uh, uh climbing mountains? Yeah.
1: What? So, like, have I climbed mountains or? Yeah. But like, have you climbed any mountains? I'm trying. So I'm, I'm also doing this thing. I'm trying to get to the highest point in every state. I have 30 done or 31 maybe, but yeah, I love any dude, anything outdoors. Man, really?
0: Have you, uh, I don't even know what state this is. Have you climbed uh, Mount Rainier? Is that how you say it? Yeah. You climbed it?
1: No, no, no. I have not. That's how you, it's in, is that Washington? I think so. I have not. I've done, the biggest one I've done is Mount Whitney in California. Got it.
0: Yeah. Um, My buddy, someone who I interviewed on the podcast, Mike, who I got really close with, he uh, did Kilimanjaro. <sighs> and I told him afterwards, I was like, dude, I want to climb a mountain. He's like, yo, let's do it. So I've been in touch with him. And I think me, him, and a couple of his buddies are going to do Rainier, no later. I don't know. We don't, like we're in the really early stages of it but whenever we figure out when we're gonna do it and how we're gonna fundraise and like do some charity work with it as well um this is your formal invitation to come with us so are you serious dude i'm absolutely
1: oh my gosh yes i'm i'm in (laughs) awesome i really
0: will epic Mark, if there's anything you want to leave listeners, something that's on your heart today. I know like sometimes before I go on podcasts, it's like I have a thought or something that I really want to say. And sometimes it doesn't get said. Is there anything like on your heart that you want to share with someone listening?
1: Um, I think that last little passage I read out of the book was really what I, what I wanted to convey is, I mean, like I had that thought that kept bugging me. Okay. You should walk across the country and it didn't leave my mind. If you have a thought like that and you're listening to this right now, do it. Because five, 10 years down the road from now, especially if you're a younger person, you probably won't you probably won't have that chance. Um and that's that's really what I what I want to convey. Don't don't make that someday thing a, a never thing. Mm. Don't make that
0: someday thing a never thing.
1: Yeah.
0: I love it. Mark, I want to take this moment to show some gratitude and appreciation for for you being you and uh, for you doing these things. I think um, I, I don't think I know that you inspire a lot of people even further than your immediate circle by um, the things that you do. So keep doing the thing, things that you do. Um, and I'm excited to see
1: what you do next. Like, I appreciate you appreciate you brother thanks for having me on this has been a lot of fun like absolutely nice talking um, to
0: you if you made it this far in the pod i love you i appreciate you and uh i will, we will see you on the next one peace